Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always fresh, relaxed and restored, <laughs> revitalized, um, uh... other good, <laughs> r- nice, feeling great things from her, her beautiful visit to the Mediterranean is my dear friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I got airport disease again, and that's why we didn't record no! last week. I was in Spain, no! and it was lovely. I swam in the sea every day, oh. like sometimes twice a day, and then everything was going fine until I got into an airport. I think dear I'm allergic listener. to airports, Daniel. Yeah, no, this is it's it's a travesty of justice that Sarah finally gets a holiday where she's actually you know traveling for herself and and gets sick on the way home. Although you know. That said, insert standard boilerplate joke here about returning to the UK making almost anyone ill, and <sighs> away we go. Yes, it's the podcast. Yay! Hey! <laughs> I feel like we should have the theme tune again right there. No! Um, we have today some news, uh, bad news about transfers. Last week we talked about the transfers. Obviously, as soon as we do that, it goes into some mad more transfer news uh, schema. Yeah. Um, I am, as, as I always, very it, grateful... Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, as I understand it, um, teams actually wait for each episode to come out and then, you know, release more news. So um, we get we get bursts of rumours and we get to go, yeah, this, 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 and this. And then everyone goes, ha, we'll prove them wrong. Yeah. Um, as always, we're very grateful to Cycling Fever. You should always yep. go to Cycling Fever transfer table because they're really good and you can order it by exciting things, including when news came out, which is fantastic. But this week, I've got very specific things I want to talk about. She says, grabbing her vast pile of, of papers, oh. I want to talk about the season, the the season that these teams will race. And I want to talk about it in the context of what happened in this year's season and what next year's season looks like. Cool. All right. Does that sound like fun? It does sound like fun. Um, do we want to do that first or transfers first? What do we want to do? Let's talk about the season first because it's okay. quite a big. It's quite a big yomp of information. Now, right. I always struggle. <laughs> I always struggle with the um with the se- with the season stuff, and part of this is because, as always, the UCI's uh, approach is complicated. So you so get the calendar them. that, yeah, you get the calendar around worlds, and you look at the calendar, and you go, oh, that's interesting. And then I tend to look at it again in December and February, and go, oh, huh, there's a whole load of new races added. Yep. And then a whole load of races disappear, and they disappear and get added throughout the season. So you can't really talk about one year's season until it's with any actual definitiveness, definitivity, definitivity, um, until it's until it's over. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it's and it's super frustrating. Like it's and I don't even understand. And and if you think it's frustrating as a fan, imagine what it's like as a team owner and manager. Just taking a moment to imagine that. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like, mm. I like you. I appreciate your, um, mm. I appreciate you. Um, it's really, 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 really frustrating. It's um, yeah. It, I mean, this is the thing. It's one of those. Um, it's frustrating anyway, but it's one of those things that when you're trying to run a team, and when we do have conversations about professionalism and developing the sport. This kind of stuff is actually really important, and it's one of the things that 
um, because it falls most directly under the UCI's purview, is actually a major contribution they can make to making it a lot easier to run a team. You can't plan budgets effectively. You can't negotiate with sponsors effectively. You can't negotiate with riders effectively if you don't know when the fucking races are on and how many of them there are. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's And it's difficult. I mean, so... And, and things things really change a lot, a lot. So, for example, in 2015, when the calendar came out in October, there was planned 173 racing days. There was 184 racing days, yeah? Minor, um, minor difference there, obviously. Yeah, geez. In 2016, when the calendar came out in 20, came out, came out in 2016, there was a ridiculous number. There was just like a ridiculous number of, of races that were cancelled, um, like tons and tons and tons. Uh, like they lost they they literally had something like nearly like well it's just it's just bonkers they had a bonkers number of of races that were that were on the calendar and then dropped and that's particularly difficult because you know 2016 is an olympic year so it's 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 just it's just endlessly frustrating so last year for example um the 2017 2017 uh 2017 to 2016 series uh season there were 203 race days planned for 20 plans uh sorry 200 203 race days raced in 2016 right and they planned to have 165 for 217 okay yep yep so that was a big drop that was a big drop Mm. and that's because i mean we always expect to see a a, a drop during the post-olympic during the post-olympic year because you have a lot of races that appear on the calendar like like one year and four like um there are there were the three israeli races for example Mm. there was a a a two-day race in mexico there was a lot of races in venezuela um let's see that's five six seven eight 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 racing days in venezuela that disappeared but you also had like you know random races pop up um you know they had the tour de pologne was uh was was there and you also had uh, races in 2016 that were that, that ended up basically ended up ended up can, ended up cancelled. So uh, you have um, you had like we had a lot of, we lost lots of races last year, yep. this year, this season. But we also gained them at the same time. So last season, for example, this year we lost the Philadelphia Classic, the Women's World Tour. Yep. Um, yep. It just they just couldn't get it they couldn't get it together. Uh, we lost the Route de France, which originally was going to go up to nine days, and then it was cancelled. We lost the Tour de, we lost the Trophée d'Or, we lost the Crona Champenois, and the Tour de l'Ardèche, which was originally on not on the calendar, became on the calendar after all. So it's super complicated. So when you look at it and you go, okay, these are this is what was planned and this is what was raced. Yeah. It's actually it's actually really difficult to cope with because you know you have races that appear, you have races that disappear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, it's it's um it's complicated, and this is always the way. So for example, you know, like I say, 2016 was planned um, 200 raced um, race 206. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so annoying. Like it's so annoying, and it's exhausting talking about it. But if you're a team. You get your uh, race, you get your, your, your budget agreed, let's say in June with your sponsors, if, you know, probably before then. 
and right. you plan where you want to be and okay if you want to go to philadelphia classic it's a world tour okay we can do philadelphia and that means that we'll also do a load of other american races while we're there yeah yep but then philadelphia is, is cancelled and you go okay well do we still go out to race these other small races it's not worth it what do we do it's just you yeah, know yeah or or you then have races like the Tour de Huanxi, which was raced last week, which was a one-day race in China, which was added to the calendar super late. Yes. Yeah? Like yep. during the year, you're not going to find the money to go to a race in October when your riders have known throughout the whole year that when, they, when they're finishing racing for the season, you know, they're finishing racing at Worlds, yeah? Yeah. Or yeah. they're finishing racing at the, Gi- at the Giro d'Emilia. Exactly. Ah, so it's annoying. It's annoying. It's it's frustrating. But let's talk about some specific things that happened. Okay. Yep. yep. So basically France, French racers were a complete disaster. Okay. Um... So um, the only French racers that did what they said they were going to do last year, this year, this year, 2016, were the classic Morbihan and the GP Plumelec, which are very small races. You know, they're on at the right. same time as um, they, they clash with uh, they clash with the with uh, with with a whole load of other races. So people don't a lot of people don't ride don't ride them. Yeah. OK. Yep. And the GP de Plouet, which has been going forever. But every other French race um, managed to uh, manage to uh mess up somehow yeah right which you know so and that and that can include for example a course adding that thing on as the <laughs> second day as the second day to it, which they added yeah. later they added late to the season but it also means that um we lost the uh tour de bretagne was it was not wasn't on that wasn't on the calendar we lost the route de france which was you know meant to be eight days of racing we lost the trophée d'or we lost yep. the corona champenoir and then ardèche wasn't on the originally not you know kind of came on and off the calendar if you like like appeared and disappeared moral of the story french racing is really really frustrating and i think part of it is a lot of these races probably shouldn't be raced anyway you know um a lot of people go oh it's so sad that the route de france is cancelled or the trophy door and it's like well it's been a really haphazard slipshot race and some of the excuses are, oh, it's run by volunteers. But then, you know, the Healthy Aging Tour yeah. has a lot of volunteers or the Tour of Norway is run by volunteers. Not yeah, an yeah, exactly. There's plenty of great races that show that even utilising a huge volunteer base, you can still put on an excellent race. Yeah. So we lost a lot of races in the early season. We lost these we, we knew about at the start, the Argentinian races. We lost some races in Thailand, which had appeared only for last year. And we lost the ladies tour of Qatar. Yeah, right. Qatar. Yep. We lost the Israeli races. And these are the races that I, you know, think were, you know, one year Olympic year. Only. Yeah, yeah. We gained a couple of races. We gained the Semana Ciclista Valenciana in Spain. Uh, we gained, gained the Dwarves d'Or de Vlaanderen, which was an existing domestic race just promoted. Yep. Um, we gained Amstel Gold and Liège-Bastogne-Liège, which were new for 2017. Really exciting. Uh, Amstel Gold had been around in the 2000s. Liège has never been around, yeah? Right. We lost tons of Venezuelan races. Well, that's um, normal. We lost the Bowles Rental Hills Classic, but that was replaced by Amstel Gold. Uh, we lost the Allensteiner Rab Sportage in Germany, a Czech ITT. 
we the Tour de Britannia, like I said, the Tour de Poland, and we had the Giro de Trentino, which was originally up from two days to three days, but reduced down to one day again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So all in all, we started off expecting uh, last year 203 racing days raced this year 165 okay which um, is a big drop that's a huge drop that's i mean it's basically a 25 percent drop yep wow yep now that wasn't necessarily so noticeable because the UCI also added on a load of crits, got crit status last yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. Those crits, because it yeah, didn't really yeah. make any, any things. And, and, and with that 165 days, we also, we expected to have 165 at the start of the season uh, in October last year. We yep. expect, we had 165, but we also lost 16 days and gained 16 days basically in the season as well yeah gotcha yep so it's really really complicated we should not have 16 racing days losing and gaining yeah between the, between the in the uci season and i think the solution is that the uci needs to be much more hardcore about what they let onto the calendar in the first place and they also need to have a definite cutoff that if you're not on the calendar by October, for example, tough luck. Yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely my view is like, I think it would be much better if the UCI was more, um, what's the right way to say this? Um, running a smaller but better organized season, in my opinion, would be a better overall thing than yeah. having chaos and adding races in February, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we also add races. There's a really weird thing about the UCI season. I can't work it. I don't work it like this. It's the UCI season technically runs until, well, we're not quite sure. Because the tour of Guangxi, for example, was on the 24th of October this last last week. Yep. And that was on the 2017 season. Because they put some races in October and November in the twenty-seven in, in in the season before, but the Vuelta so that was on the twenty-fourth. The Vuelta a Colombia, which was a brand new race that appeared sometime, that was also started on the twenty-fourth, runs the 29th but that counts as the twenty eighteen season. What? I know. How's that even a thing? I think what it is is next year the Tour of Huangxi becomes a World Tour race. And so I think that they wanted to get around the fact that, that you know, they're not really technically supposed to add new World Tour races uh, onto the calendar. Right, right. So played silly buggers with their own rules. Exactly. But yeah, it's like, you're, so you're looking at the calendar and you're going, I, I literally don't get it. I, yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. So. So yeah, so basically, 2017, the good things were getting the, the thing that we really saw the change in is we saw this classic season transform yeah yep like in the past when we had the world cup we'd have four or five world cup races in the spring classics over let's say six weeks yep this year it's doubled because we've got we had liege 
we had Amstel. We also had the um, Dwarsdale Dwarvlanderen, which isn't a world tour race, but is a really important classic, to the point where we had three Flanders races over six days and then three Ardennes races over six days. Yep. So you end up with a... So the spring classics season has pretty much transformed this year. And we talked about what that means for next year. I think it's going to be that you're not going to expect to see a rider in 2018 doing really, really well in all the classics. No, I I think those years are behind us, aren't they? I mean, really? Yeah. I think we're going to have teams that focus on the, or teams or sub teams that focus on the, uh, okay, we're going to focus on the Flanders, that Flanders week. Yep. um, With, uh, with, you know, with with the with Henwe Velgem, Dwarsdorf Landeren, and and the lads, why this week, this this year too, with the addition of Dupont, um, and the and the Rundervan Vlanderen. Yep, yep, and that. Yeah, I was just going to say more and more specialization as as we go into those things, and I think you're a hundred percent right. Like we're going to have the the cobbles versus the hills, you know, the classics versus the the um, stage part of the season, and we're going to see more specialization in teams and within them absolutely yeah and it's it's um it's it's i think that's I, I i like that you know i mean i obviously am going to miss the days where you could have one rider completely you know mariana voss for example completely crush all the spring classics but i think it shows a more um broader a more richer level of the sport mm. to be able to say actually you know, if I'm Yodin Dora, for example, mm. I can just focus on this one week. Yeah, yeah. If I'm Lizzie Danen or Anna van der Breger, as we saw them do this week, I can focus on the Ardennes. Yep, yep. And yeah, it's 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 a really it's a really important thing, and and I and I I really I'm excited by it. Yeah, I, I agree. Look, I I'm like really excited by it. To be honest, it's. I mean, it's no secret I love the classics anyway and that sort of thing. So to be entering a, a stage in the life of the sport where there's more specialization for all of these things, um, you know, it it couldn't come at a better time as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm over the moon to see how this plays out as the peloton continues to grow and change. Yeah, and we have, I mean, it's, it is it is a really, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy about it. Like, we are, we are, we're in a new world, you know? And I think that's, I think that's, that's just, that's very important. It's very important to me anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it. So, the season next year. So, as we said, um, we raced, we raced, they raced uh, 165 racing days this year. Touch wood, more or less. Yep. Um, next year, they're due to race uh 169 so that's that is up nice. yeah that yeah. that's that, that's up for the you know for the for the you know for, for, for the for the way forward and and i and i yeah i think that's good that's good hurrah we've got more racing it's interesting you'll like this okay well let's say we the uci as i said they start their season in november but oh fuck i just can't even you know <laughs> Like I can't, I can barely acknowledge that because it's not right. Like no, but we start the season in January. Yeah. And where do we start the season, Dan? 
Well, we start the season with the Australian races. Like, that's... It's a thing, it's a tradition, and the Bay Crits is when the season officially begins. Yeah. Bay Crits start on the 1st of January. Yep. Not UCI race. It's a four four Crits, four tough it's Crits. Hitting. a really... Look, I can break this down for anyone, right? Like, Christmas Day is the 25th of December. In Australia, on the day after Christmas Day, Boxing Day, we begin a, a five-day cricket test. That test finishes, and the Bay Crits start. <laughs> That's when the season starts. So Australians, Australian cyclists are not going out getting drunk on the thirty first of on on the thirty first of December. They are training for the Bay Crits, and then after the Bay Crits, the week after the Bay Crits, they have the national championships. Yeah, yeah. true and story. Then see... Australian cyclists fucking hate Christmas. Imagine, imagine having to spend a day around all of your relatives, including your really racist uncle, and not being allowed to drink, and being in training, and not being allowed to eat most of the food on offer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All those shrimps on the barbie just going to waste. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So we start off with the... But then we hit the UCI racing. and. We've seen a number of people, of teams and riders, go out to the Australian races to kind of practice with their new teams, check, yep. show off their new kits. And we start off with the Santos Women's Tour for the UCI racing, which is hurrah. It used to be 2.1, now it's 2.2, now it's 2.1. That's the 11th to 14th of January. Yep. We then go to the Cattle Evans Great Ocean Road Race. It starts with a non UCI crit, but on the 27th, it has a. Uh, a road race uh, yep. up to 1.1 this year uh, next year as well and then we have a new race on the 30th and 31st of january the women's sun herald tour yes well the sun herald tour is actually like it's a new race on this level of calendar but the sun herald tour is one of those classic australian races that's been around for forever so they have yeah. a men's race yeah they're, they're yeah. better known for their men's race but it's yeah. good that it's uci Yep. So we start off with a boost to the um, Australian season. I mean, I think it's just going to get more and more riders. You're not going to get riders in absolutely full form, full full fitness form. Yeah. Well, From you're going to get that teams. mix. Exactly. Like this is the thing. Like your, your northern teams, you're going to have more riders who are using it as a slow warm up, but that's fine because. Um, you know, it, it serves its purpose for them, but it also is genuinely beneficial for uh, the Australian contingent of the peloton because, you know, they are needing to be informed for nationals and and so a good block of racing. And when we're already looking down the barrel like we were talking about just a few minutes ago of a more specialised peloton, um, I think, you know, the air quotes um, issue of a block of Australian racing is is actually solving itself quite nicely at the moment. So, no, it's fantastic. I mean, I, mm. I think it's great. And and it's you know back in the day we used to have a world a World Cup race in Australia, and I think that if we're having World Tour race in in China in in uh, you know in Guangxi in November, well, why not have a World Tour race in in why not have a World Tour race down in down in down in Australia. Mate, I would love nothing more than to organise a world tour race um, that is basically... So we have an annual mass participation ride here in September called the Spring Cycle. And basically you ride over seven of the more historical and iconic bridges um, around Sydney Harbour. It would be an excellent race course. 
Yeah, but you couldn't have that in spring. No, we couldn't have it in spring. I'm not saying we have it in spring. I'm saying that's a great course. Like, you, and you can Google oh, right. it and look it up. So, the spring cycle. So you're not like. So you don't think that you need to add like you know the cat. I mean, because why can't we add the Cadill Evans Great Ocean Road Race to the World Tour, for well, example? For one very very specific reason, it's in fucking Victoria. Um, whereas this one would be in Sydney, which is really convenient for me. Um, <laughs> so. I, I'm a little confused as to why you thought there was difficulty in explaining that. That's yeah. That's very the thing is, though, is that New South New South Wales is not as cycly as as Victoria, is it? Um. Yeah. Nah. Uh, but that's not we the know point. where the cycling heart. No, where is where's yeah, the cycling heartland yeah, of Australia, that, Dan? Yeah, and that's exact. That's another great reason for why the World Tour race shouldn't be there. Thank you, because it's already <laughs> reached saturation point. Like oh no, it has you not. Can't, you can't I'm... fucking move in Melbourne without knocking over four cyclists by mistake, you know. <laughs> so, like, we need to grow and develop the sport. Then, of course, two birds, one stone. Australia's largest city, Australia's most beautiful city, and Australia's most in need of proper cycling city. <laughs> Make it happen, folks. Let's do this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's so we, so we start off the season well. Yeah. <laughs> We then have another new race straight away. And this is quite interesting because we used to start off with the season as the first, one of the first big races was Qatar, where it was a sprinty race. You'd have all the Australian riders who'd been in Australia coming in off their Aussie form. You'd have some people ramping up for the spring classics and in Qatar. Um, that's gone. Now it's kind of, its spot has been taken by a race called the Tour of, of Italia Hotels and Velo Alanya in turkey what so is this is this just like a change in sponsorship slash branding of the tour of turkey or no there's never been a woman's tour of turkey no no well that's what i'm asking essentially is like is it an expansion of that or is it a whole new different thing i think it's a whole new different thing it's exciting so that's like a pre-season race. I don't know who will go to it, but, you know, Turkish sunshine in February does sound quite attractive to me. Sure, um, sure. And, you know, the replacement of one regime for another. So it's not the politics podcast. I wasn't going to say anything more, I promise. Oh, uh, well, yeah, since we have so many races in America. But anyway. Um, and we then and hit... Australia. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. In Britain, Brexit. Uh, Anyway, yes. uh, Welcome to the. I'm sure. I'm sure there are Scandinavians who could cast the first stone out there. You know, in Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe there's people listening who who don't. Our our, our saving grace with the Dutch is that they need to keep their stones to hold the sea walls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, they're yeah they're they're the ones who suffer from yours and my country. Anyway, so we hit the season proper. The season proper spring classic starts as always with Omni Noiseblad. This is when the season really begins on 24th of February, or has done in the past Mm. because we go Omni Noiseblad in 24th of February. uh, Omni Van Hageland, La Samin, which are kind of warm up places. Strade Bianchi on the 3rd of March. Oh, 3rd of March. How I love thee. Let me count the ways. One white gravel road, two white gravel roads. <laughs> we then hit up a brand new road race on the 4th of March in Belgium. So people who aren't in Strade, I don't don't you know, I don't think it's going to mm. be the biggest. And that's the Omloop van, van der Westhoek in Belgium. Yep. yep. Uh, then we have the Drenthe Acht and the World Tour Ronde van Drenthe on the 11th of March, the World Tour 
Trofeo Alfredo Binder on the 18th yep. of March. And that's the usual season start. Sadly, the Semana Ciclista Valenciana, the Spanish race that has gone. No, oh, that is that is a real pity. So now we have the extended... I mean, it might even be Flanders Fortnight. So this is the extended Flanders Fortnight. All right. 22nd of March, we have another new World Tour race, and that's the Zidagse de Depan at Hochseider. Uh, it's a new race for 2018. It's been an existing historic uh, men's race. Yep. It's cobbly. It's Belgian. It's like got bracing winds howling off the North Sea. I was going to say, this is, this is close to the coast, right? Because um, yeah. Cockside is the famous Sandy Cross race. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's 22nd of March. 25th of March, we have Henwe Belgen, World Tour. Yep. 28th of March, the Dwarves Door of Landeren, mm-hmm. um, non-World Tour race. And then on the 1st of April, the Ronde van Vlaanderen World Tour. Oh, wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So let's count how many World Tour that is. If the World Tour starts on Strade Bianchi on the 3rd of March, yep. um, that goes so by the 1st of April, six, we've had... Six races. Six World Tour races in less six than World a month. Six races in less than a month. And that's four Flandry cobbly races in... Um, in So three Flandry cobbly races in um, eight days. Yeah. Nine days. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, this is why it's useful, kids, to, to pay close attention to the calendar episode of the podcast, because if you're not planning what days you're calling in sick at work in March, <laughs> you're behind the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um, after Run of Amblander, there's a GP de Dottigny, uh, which is a kind of, um, you know, kind of, it's a small sprinter's race. But that's the cobble, that's cobbles week. If you're a cobbled rider, you're hitting those eight day, those eight, nine days up. That's where you want to be. That's yep. where your season is. Um, yeah, it's going to be glorious. The only thing I wonder is what it does to Ronald Van Drenta and Trofeo Binder. I personally think that it won't hurt Binder, like in terms of riders racing it. Because no. I think that I think that riders who are hitting, who are waiting for the Ardennes, are going to race. Will be racing Binder hard. Yeah, exactly. And Ronald Van Drenta has like another race next to it. Now we do have we have lost a race. We've lost the Payo Hills Classic, which has basically been taken over by. I mean, there's no room. There's no room for another another belgian race around there mm. so we draw a breath we draw a breath and while we draw a breath there's a healthy aging tour which i also think will suffer if i'm honest because between the first so that's between the second of the healthy aging tour traditionally was a race that you could ride all that early spring classics and yep. then you could race the healthy aging tour as a sprinter I don't know how many big teams will hit it this time. And you've got the Women's Tour of Thailand. And then we've got another race, the Brabantse Pile, back on the calendar again, like on the 11th of April. Okay. And in the meantime, we've also had the first of the USA races, UCI race, the Joe Martin stage race in April. Yep. But basically, from the second, from the 1st of April, Ronda Van Flanderen, we've got a fortnight, and then on the 15th of April, Ardennes Week. So just enough time to take a deep breath and brace yourselves. A deep breath. Amstel mm. Gold on the 15th. Um, Flesh Wallon on the 18th. Liege Baston Liege on the 23rd of April. There you go. It's, um, it's, it's, I still get chills at the thought of actual Ardennes week. <laughs> it's, I know. Yeah. 
It's like it's the completion of spring. It's yeah. I know. Mm. In it, it's just it's just sexy as hell. Like, yes, yes, um, it is. The the difference is is that the cobbly week, Flanders week, it's lots and lots. Flanders week is lots and lots of very small steep hills but like nothing that you'd like look at and go oh my god that's so hard like you just they're they're very short and they're very they're short steep hills but it's all about positioning very narrow roads lots of brutal cobble yep. sections yeah yeah the ardennes are climate's hills yes they are and they're you know like like you say the the Flanders stuff is is all about positioning early to make cuts and narrow roads and turns and stuff like that. Ardennes still has elements of all of that, but it is also like the climbs will just hurt you. They yeah, will just, and and you, yeah, they, they, they you, are climbs that will just fuck your legs up. Yeah, you could see a pure sprinter winning the Flanders races, the the yep. the, the Belgian classics, the the Belgian cobble classics. You can't see a pure sprinter winning the Ardennes. Well, now you've gone and jinxed it. So, calling it early, Corinne Rivera is going to sweep Ardennes week. Um, uh, you see, I I still think that Corinne Rivera Corinne Rivera was the surprise winner of the Ronde uh, the Ronde van Vlaanderen last year. One of the things we have to look at as uh, when we look at last year to this year, the 2017 to 2018, is that. 2017 was unseasonably nice weather. It yeah? really was. It was the nicest spring I can recall for cycling. So, yeah, it was just it was just beautiful, quiet sun. You know, days with the birds tweeting in the trees. And Look, the, I, I hesitate to say this because you know I don't want to pick on um, you know Belgium, but if anything, it was too beautiful. Like it, it was. was. Yeah. I mean, I, Corin Rivera won, and Sunweb, it's not just Corin Rivera's win, it was Sunweb's win in the Run of Van Vlaanderen was glorious, yeah? Mm. And I'm not going to take anything away from them, but I would be very surprised if we saw a repeat of that with a sprinter winning Flanders next year, this next year. Well, you know, long-range weather forecasts notwithstanding, um, I, I, I wait with bated breath um, because it's going to be great. And yeah, it's also going to be interesting. I think you know the the other thing that you mentioned that I you know am very intrigued by is the impact of this sort of um, expanded classic season and specialization on oh, yeah. some of those races like the Healthy Aging Tour and and on the opportunity then for um, some of the smaller teams or the the sort of intermediate teams um to to really take advantage of those those particular races yes yeah i mean it, i'm gutted for the healthy aging tour because they've been around for a long time um yeah well you know they're, they're relatively i mean let's say the last 10 years they appeared mm. they started off as a day race that then expanded into a tour and they were the first tour of the season yep first european tour of the season um let's not count turkey right but without turkey they're the first european tour of the season and their first chance to kind of they do things like they have a team time trial they have an itt so it's a chance for riders who don't necessarily who who want to get in for the future to kind of get going yeah the other interesting so let's talk about america briefly we talked about joe martin's stage race is the 12th to the 15th uh then the tour of the gila is the 18th to the 22nd yeah yeah and then they have a break, and then the Amgen Tour of California is on the seventeenth of May. So there's yeah. like two 
weeks. So basically, we've got like from the second to the from the twelfth to the 22nd 10 days almost 10 days of racing in the states there and that's the beginning they have a lot more racing but that's the uci racing yeah now we have various other small races the one of the things that i think is interesting as well is our dens week finishes on the um as we keep saying on the uh 23rd with liege baston liege this year the tour of chongming island which is also a world tour race starts on the 26th yeah, so that's going to make it really interesting for not just teams but specific riders because um, while pure sprinters can't win uh, the Ardennes, notionally speaking, um, they certainly can Chong Ming. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. For a big team who have a sprint iteration and a classic iteration and a climbing classic iteration, mm. they're not going to have to make a choice. Like if your bowls run, if your bowls dolmens or wiggle high five, you can send one to each, right? Yep. But it does mean that you. This is one of the reasons why um, we're gonna. See, I think we're gonna see fewer big teams than ever racing Chongming. Now, yep. a lot, a lot of big teams don't bother racing Chongming at all. Like Mariana Voss, I think has never raced Chongming, and that's partly because of the travel. It's very expensive to get there. This is why I am really against the idea of all women's teams having mandated to ride all World Tour races. Yeah, well, I think it's inconsistent anyway with the the stated goal of the UCI to you know be more globalized. I I think when they're adding world tour races in different corners of the world, you have to accept that there's going to be a certain amount of um, emphasis on local teams and one or two of the bigger teams who may attend, but not all of the intermediate teams are, are going to be able to do that, and nor should they have to. That said, if the UCI were to um, you know, insist on on something like that, then they would have to pony up a contribution to ensure that travel costs are covered or something like that. To, yeah, to but I it. mean, yeah, but say for example, you're a team who's focusing on the Ardennes. So yep. let's say you're WM3 and you've got Mariana Voss and you've got Danny King, and you and you focus on the Ardennes. Like, yep. so you finish the age on the 23rd. Let's say you jump on a plane on the 23rd. You're still not going to get to China and to, to, to Chongming Island until the 24th or the 25th, right? Yeah, and realistically it's the 25th because you've got to, you know, it's not just that it's a long way away, it's not a direct, um, you know, route. It's. Uh, I mean, you can, probably, you can probably fly direct from, from Amsterdam, but you're stopping en route somewhere. Yeah. Like, to, to, well, that's, to, that's for what refueling. I mean, stopping somewhere on the way and then you're getting there and then you're, you know, you're arriving at, even if it's at midnight, you know, on the 24th, yeah. it's still basically the 25th. And then you've got to adjust to the time zone, the different climate, the, you know, any changes in altitude or whatever. Like, it, it becomes increasingly unrealistic to expect people to go there. And and especially in the context of, you know, like you talked about with um, Joe Martin Stage Race and Tour of the Healer, at least you've got a couple of weeks of racing there, you know, which which can yeah. justify it for some riders. But going all that way to Chongming for three days of racing, um, it, it it's a big ask. And, yeah. So that week as well, as always, this weekend is very cramped. We have Gracia Olova at the same time, mm -hmm. which is a development race in the Czech Republic. We've got the Festival LC Jakobs from the 26th to 29th of April, which has always got a big... Um, you know, big less set of people coming because it's a very well organised race. Yep. But 
What we don't have this year is we don't have clashing with it as well, the Women's Tour of Yorkshire. Oh. Because this year, the Women's Tour of Yorkshire has moved back a week. It's now two days. The men's race has bumped up to five days, I believe. The women's race is now two days. This is going to be huge. And this is the other problem that Chongming has, is that I don't think, you know, if you finish Chongming on the 28th of April, are you going to be back in and race fit to race Yorkshire yeah. on the 3rd of May? Now, Yorkshire is important because it's a fundraiser with a very big package of... of, of um, of money it's got a yep. very big very 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 big prize purse yep and it's also live on tv and for yeah. a lot of european places it has the same sponsors but also yorkshire is the host of the 2019 cycling world championships yeah yeah like that's reason after reason to to prioritize yorkshire absolutely yep. yeah yorkshire is a so yorkshire Good news. And it's also like this is interesting about the the, the the continual increase in women's cycling in Britain, which we've seen over the last five years kicked off mm. by the Tour Series and the um, Ovo Energy Women's well, Tour. By everyone other than British cycling, as it turns out. So... By everyone other than British cycling, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing about the Tour of Chongming Island, right, is the Tour of Chongming Island is uh, this year. So it's, this year it's moved back. Right. And that's a problem for the Tour of Zhushan Island. Because if Chongming Island was happening in its old position, let's say the third to the the third to the fifth, yeah, yep. Then on the ninth to the eleventh is the tour of Zhushan Island, yeah. Right. But that's so. moved back. But with Chongming moving forward and Zhushan moving back, yeah. Well, Chongming's kind of staying the same, I should say, more or less. But like Zhushan, that means that tour of Zhushan Island, I think, won't have yeah, the won't international have... teams we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got a new race, the 100 Cycle Challenge in South Africa. I mean, South African racing is a little bit complicated because there are a lot of, of late organised races. So, you know, it's. I think it's. I think I can't tell if this is a new one or if it's one of the ones that usually runs in November, moved forward. Right. But we've lost the seven Dorpenomloop Alberg, the GP Mariana Boss, which right. I'm sad about. Yeah, that is disappointing. But let's move on, though. Next World Tour... We go to Spain for the mini Spanish season. As we say, the Semana Clásica Ciclista Valenciano has gone off the calendar. Yep. On the 17th is Durango, Durango. And on the 19th to the 22nd, down to four days this year, but up to the World Tour is the Maccabine Bira. Ooh. All right. I was, yeah, okay. So four days is, is disappointing, but it'll be interesting to see it at World Tour then. Um, yeah. Wonder, wonder how certain teams will go, Orica. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, Orica. <laughs> Bless him. If it was four days last year, Orica would have had one, two, yeah. three on the podium. So <laughs> exactly. the tour of the Amakamin Bira, if you don't know it, it's a hilly race in the Basque country in the Basque Mountains, and it's really struggled with moving. It used to be a spring race, but like tons of races have replaced it. Every time it moved, another big race went over the top of it. And last year, not many teams rode it at all. This year, being World Tour is important, but it clashes with another World Tour day race, the Amgen Tour of California. Oh, right. Okay. So the Amgen Tour of California is 17th to 19th of May. And Macamine yeah. Beer is 19th to 22nd. It's very interesting. Last year... Um, the in the past the UCI have kind of have kind of had a thing that that 
uh, world tour races won't clash with each other. This yeah. year, they, they're not. I mean, and the Amgen Tour of California, they've dropped one day. It was four days last year. It's now three days. Uh, it's run right. by the ASO. That shouldn't be a surprise then that they've dropped races. Yeah, I well, wonder exactly. who's going to, but I wonder who's going to go out there because what you can't do, that mini USA, that little mini USA season finishes on the 15th of April. Yeah. And then Amgen Tour of California, that's UCI season, is on the 17th to the 19th of May. Yeah, yeah. The it's next a long Ameri- time to spin your wheels, so to speak. Yeah. The next UCI American race is the Winston-Salem Classic on the 28th of May. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I would I wonder if the Amgenter of California will have fewer stars out there, although they do pay people to go out there. So, mm. But, you know, it's things like last year, for example, in their team time trial, they were all riding on road bikes because they allowed because you know getting the ITT bikes out for just one race would be really expensive. Yeah. So we hit up a number of smaller races. We're going through. We've got two races in France, the Morbihan races. We've got a small race on the same day in Switzerland. We've got the same day as Huick, Harrisburg, and Huick, and the Winston Salem Classic. They all they're all at the same time. Then we have an interesting thing. From 29th of May to the 3rd of 28th of May to the 3rd of June, the Lotto Turingen Ladies Tour. Mm-hmm. Yes. AKA Turingen Runfart. Yes. Moved from July, where they just mm-hmm. got asked about, have finally moved to May. Right. It's going to be. I think interesting. that's interesting. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking my way through because it. it it's always been the one that sort of um, traditionally, you know, Turing and Runfart is always um, somewhat at odds with the the Giro, and so being in May is going to be really interesting. Really interesting. I mean, I they're a really well organised race. They've been around mm. for ages. They're a seven day race. It's a proper stage race. They've got yeah, a big yeah. ITT in it. They're well organised, uh, organised by former bike racers, women's racers. Moving to May and May to June, it's not ideal. They've had the same, you know, week for ever, but they've just had to move because the UCI keeps putting other races on top of them. There's nothing they can do. I hope it turns out really well. I'm a bit sad that they weren't up to World Tour level, but the thing is, is I think, and I'll come on to this a bit later. The World Tour is bloated as it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's uh, I think something that we've both got um, thoughts on. Yeah. Yeah. Now. The Lotto Turingen Ladies Tour does clash with the next in the USA miniseries. Now we said that the um, we said that the uh, Amgen Tour of California finishes on the nineteenth. The next race is the twenty eighth of May in Winston Salem. On the fir- on the thirty first of May is the GP Gatineau in Canada, and mm-hmm. the first of June is the GP Gatineau, and then on the third of June, we've got the Independent Cycling Classic. In Philadelphia. Yes, it's back, baby! This is the Philadelphia Classic. It was a super long history storied race at over 20 years of racing, maybe. Um, and it was, and it cancelled last year, absolutely gutting and devastating. Um, yeah, they just so weren't it's... able to secure the funding last year, well, earlier this year. It was a huge loss, um, not just as a, a race itself, but for what it it meant like you say it, it was one of those landmark u.s races it was always a great and fun race you got the history of riders battling it out up the Manny young wall 
you know, we've got the classic stories of Ina yelling abuse at the men as they ride past. Um, you know, like there's just so much to love about this race. And so it being gone was, was really, really heartbreaking. So yeah. it being back is really heart healing. Yay. Yeah. I, it was my favorite American race. Yeah, by, absolutely. By, by a long shot. And it's and it's so good to have it. It's, I mean, hopefully it does come back because, you know, it's a bit it's a little bit worrying. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. So, yeah. So that's a mini that's that. Now, that is a little mini uh, North American season there. Now, the Philly Classic isn't world tour. Um, uh, this isn't, isn't world tour this year and like I say it clashes with Tullingen it also clashes with a ton of other little races there's a run about Idle Delta in Netherlands there's right there's the two Ukrainian races which you know and there's the Dwarves Daughter West Hook in Belgium yep um, we then have a little bit of a break <sighs> breather let's have a breather the Flanders Diamond Tour is on the 10th of June that's one day but the yep. next world tour 13th to 17th of June, the Ovo Energy Women's Tour. Cool. Well, we all know the beloved uh, Ovo Energy Women's Tour, landmark stage race in the UK, um, built from the ground up by Sweet Spot and widely renowned um, among riders, fans, uh, teams. Everyone who goes to this race just says it's basically the best organised race ever. Yeah, and it's 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 gonna. They've been upping it every year in terms of spectacle, in terms of course. The first two years were not as hilly as Britain can do, um, but that was you know for for many reasons, um, mostly because of who actually offered to put it up. It was a very yep. big risk. I say all the time. Sweet spot. We're told there has never been a standalone women's sport event anywhere in Britain that's been successful. Therefore, you won't be successful. And ha ha ha, yeah. ho ho ho, who's laughing now? It was, um, yeah, they were proved, yeah. their doubters were proved wrong. It's spectacular. For, it's those, for those who may not be familiar and are from more plain spoken lands, um, my Dutch friends, I look to you, uh, you may not quite catch, but the, the, the there has never been a successful women's event in the UK is British speak for, are you fucking insane? This will never work. You can't do it. It's impossible. Literally can't be done. <laughs> And so, yeah, it was kind of a big deal that Sweet Spot proved them wrong. Yeah, They did. They put their money where their mouth is proved them wrong. So that's the 30th to 17th of June. Yep. Now, there's a break for the big racing. Yeah? Okay. Yep. In between, we had there's the Vuelta Femenina of Costa Rica, which is back up to five days in Costa Rica. The Giro de Trentino has gone, it seems. The Tour de Femenine in the Czech Republic is a small stage race, development race, because that happens at the same time as the Giro Rosa. Yep. This year, from the 6th to the 15th of July. Yep. Now, that's a week that's moved back a week from where it normally is. It traditionally starts on, you know, let's say the 30th of June or the 31st yeah, of yeah. June. So it's moved, it's moved back a week. Yep. Uh, the Giro is traditionally the only women's grand tour analog. Um, the only race that's allowed that's on for over a week on the women's yeah. calendar. And it's the only, you generally the only race with mountains. Yes. Uh, well, big, big, big well, proper, mountains. proper climby. Sometimes, mountains. sometimes yeah. it has mountains. I mean, they change the the rate, this, the course every year. So some years you can win it by sprinting really well and winning bonifications and just being a yeah. quite good climber. Other years you win it by being a 
shit hot time trialist other years you win it by by descending mad descent skills other years you win it by uphill drags we don't know what it's going to be like this year um they struggle they have absolutely terrible media like it's it's really hard to follow it's 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 one of those things where it's super frustrating to try and watch. It's not a grand tour in terms of professionalism. Yeah. In terms well, of professionalism, we're talking professional media. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just, it's incredibly frustrating. Like, like literally the race that makes me want to pull my hair out most huh. on the calendar. But, but, oh my God, it's exciting at the same time. Cause yeah. They, they are also, all of that said, given that they are, as you say, the closest we have to a, a Grand Tour analogue, um, uh, I do think in the last couple of years in particular, they've, they've done a very good job with their, their parkour and, and selection of, of types of racing. We've seen well, a lot of variety. I didn't like this year, to be honest. I liked the first okay. part of this, the first part of this year was really exciting and interesting. But after that ridiculous ITT, I don't think you should have a thirty percent incline in an ITT. Yeah, look, I, I I agree with you on that. Yep. And I think that after you know, once they hit stage five, the rest of it was very very you know, and it was always it was, going to be. It was it all was downhill very, from there. No, no, it wasn't. I would have loved all downhill from that. You know me and descending down. Descending <laughs> is my favourite kind of yeah, racing but... to watch. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yes. yeah, um, this year's race was also marred by Claudio Cretti, the young Italian rider, having an yeah. absolutely horrendous, yeah, life-changing cool. injury. And uh, Claudio Cretti has actually been; she's walking, oh, and wow. she's allowed to spend time away from the hospital at home. Oh, that's and awesome. I her recovery is is I mean you know obviously she's not recovered and yeah, obviously yeah. it's a long way to, there's a long, long way to go ahead. you know yeah. she may never you know I mean I I expect her never to be bike riding again you know like mm. but but yeah for people who are worried about Claudia but, Cretti the news is more hopeful than I ever yeah. imagined it could be yeah exactly well, that's that is really good news but yeah all right so so we that's hit the, the we hit the zero. Um, we've got a new, at the same time as the Giro, because of course it is, I'm not, I don't have a problem with overlapping races. I say this every year. I'm actually really into the idea of having overlapping races so different riders can take, take, do different things. So we have the Tour de Feminine in the Czech Republic. We've also got a brand new race called the GP Sophie Goose. Yep. Which is new. And we've also got a race which is, was supposed to be new this year, but wasn't on the UCI calendar. Uh, it was down as the GP de Bois, but what it actually is is the Chrono, Chrono Kristin Christ, Arms, Armstrong. Right. Kristin um, Armstrong, obviously the winner of the last uh, couple of Olympic ITT World Champ uh, ITT gold medals, um, uh, set up her own race in Bois, Idaho, which hasn't had very good success, to be honest. There was the Exergy Tour, which ran for one year before Exergy, the company who'd basically sponsored everything in American racing that year. Everything. Yep. Um, yes. And then turned out, Yeah. <laughs> hurrah. Um, yeah. So, and that, that was, that suffered from that. And I don't know why the why the boys race didn't happen this year. So hopefully it'll happen next. I hope, hopefully it'll happen in 26, in 2018. Um, I wouldn't start booking your tickets guaranteed people, you know, mm. uh, let's put it that way. Um, 
Unless you just wanted a holiday there anyway. But, yeah. but there's a nice little North American tour because on the 8th of July is the White Spot Delta Road Race. Then the 17th of July is the Tour de France. We've lost the Cascade Classic from the UCI calendar, which was the 19th and 23rd of, of, of July. Now, right. if you're in Europe, you finish the Gero Rosa on the 15th of July. On the calendar again, the route to France. Yeah, but hang on. Like, for reals? Yep. Okay. The route to France and the Trophée d'Or, which comes up in August, both of which were cancelled this year. Yeah. Yeah. are allegedly back. Is this just someone at the UCI who used last year's spreadsheet as a starting point and just forgot to take them off? Or I I have no idea. I I mean I would I, I've got to say I wouldn't if I was a, if I was a big team I wouldn't be booking my tickets to France right or booking my accommodation in France right well, now. Well, I, I I don't think you even have to be a big team. I've I've seen several teams um, express their extreme dissatisfaction, and I recall I don't want to name names because I can't remember for sure if it's who I'm thinking of, but I do recall one team manager tweeting that they will never be going to those races again, regardless of what the calendar says. Yeah. Um, I'm and assuming that was Carl Lima. You can't blame them. Well, like I said, I don't want to name names because I'm not 100% clear, so I don't want to drop anyone in it by accident. I prefer to drop people in it deliberately. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I'm 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 surprised to say the mm. least that, that it's back on the calendar because the Route de France has been. I mean, all those French races mm. they're organised by volunteer committees, but they're not necessary. They're not the same volunteer committees as the as the Norwegians, for example, well, or the Dutch. Exactly. But for me, the more alarming and upsetting thing about it is, I feel like this is a major failure of the UCI in governance when when a race is consistently poorly run and and let's be honest it's not like it enjoyed a great reputation even when it was on you know and then you know like last year was will it won't it will it won't it be on right up until the day before the race started and this year just you know went the way of the buffalo like at some point i really feel like the uci should be going sorry you just you don't qualify like you just you don't get on the calendar yeah sort your shit out yeah, you know? and especially with so many French races being so like, and some people were were blamed. And, and you know, there is the question about what this means for the French Fed. It doesn't seem like the French Fed is supporting its race organisers particularly well. Yeah, and um, I wonder if the problem is with that is that you know the ASO is so much the biggest French race organiser. But the ASO doesn't like women's races, you know. Like it's yep. it's just it's. I well, mean, I wouldn't have. Be... It couldn't be more clear how few fucks the ASO has to give for women's racing. Well, we'll come on to that soon. Okay. Race um, yeah. So Route de France is back, and, and it also clashes with a Benet Ladies Tour, which is a four-day race, half in the Netherlands, half in Belgium. Um, I think if I was a team, I'd go to Benet. Yep. I think if I was a fan, I'd go to Benet. Yeah. I think if I just wanted a beer, I'd go to Benet. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, go to Benet. It's... It's a subtle message, but go to Benet. <laughs> we then hit up um, uh, Prudential Ride London GP, the World yep. Tour. Now, here we come to what was seen as a bit of drama. 
because if you read on the uh, on the on the UCI on the UCI website, you look on the UCI website, and what you see is that the European Road Championships are on the fifth to the twelfth of August. Yes, and the Crescent Vergorda Team Time Trial World Tour is on the tenth of August, and the Crescent Vergorda Road Race is on the twelfth of August. Yep, yep, yep. And you think, oh, this is a problem. Well, it depends on whether or not you want European riders to go to European Championships, I guess. Well, except that it's fine because the IT, European ITT, the women's road race is actually on the 8th of August. And, sorry, the, the ITT is, the road race is actually on the 5th of August and the ITT is actually on the 8th of, 8th of August. It's all fine. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for getting me all worked up and now I've got yep. to take my blood pressure medication. Appreciate the it. Only, the only thing that's difficult is we've got this weird European games. It's a European championships of... This is going to do your nutting. Aquatics, cycling, golf, gymnastics, rowing, and triathlon. What? What the fuck? Golf's in there? And you don't put in fucking darts and snooker? What the fuck? I know. That's so weird. And, oh, so and it weird. doesn't have sports like the... Um, it doesn't have sports like uh, athletics, obviously, or yeah. you know, or or, the, or those, you know. So, so it's missing some big name sports. Yes, yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no biathlon. There's no cross country. There's no equestrian. Like it's not even the Commonwealth Games. There's no lawn bowls. No. What the hell? No. So yeah. So this is. <laughs> so this is uh, this is a weird European Championships. A yep. weird multiple European championships. It's also a little bit complicated because the Commonwealth Games are also this year too, so um, next year too. So yeah, so don't worry about that. The only thing that's shitty is the under twenty threes and the juniors have their chance at different times to the elites, which I uh, I just don't think that's fair. But it's better than it was because it doesn't clash with Vigorda. Um, hurrah! The uh, crisis averted. People who are getting very upset about that don't need to be worried about it. Yeah, because we now hit. Scandinavia time, tenth of August mm-hmm. is Vigorda, um, is 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 Vigorda is, is, is TTT, like the only standalone TTT and a really important yep. one. Twelfth um, of August is the road race, and then the sixteenth to the nineteenth of August is the Ladies Tour of Norway. Yes. At the same time, we also have the Flanders Classic Sophie de Voost, which is a new one named after rider Sophie de Voost. And then we have the Trophée d'Or back and a new race in Netherlands, Wienendal to Wienendal. Okay. You for 2018. Yeah. yeah. 25th of August is the GP de Plouet World Tour. So from the 10th to the 25th, we've had three world tour day races and one four day world tour tour okay and it doesn't stop it doesn't stop there because on the 28th of august the six day bowls rental ladies tour starts bloody hell okay it's it's busy season it's a busy busy year yep yep so yeah so that's so between the 10th of august and the 2nd of september that's a fuck ton of racing yeah it is. And that so that finishes on the 22nd of September. Worlds this year is the 22nd to the 30th of September. 
Yeah. If you haven't had enough at the same time as the Lotto Belgium, uh, at the same time as the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour. After that, the week after that, if you want to carry on racing, you have the Lotto Belgium Tour and the Tour de l'Ardèche and the Giro del Toscana all at the same time. Bloody hell. And we have the Madrid Challenge by La Vuelta, which is on the 16th of September. I mean, this is the, I mean, Innsbruck world is going to be ludicrous. The, the mm. climb is enormous. So I think that basically uh, September is the la- uh, Madrid Challenge is the last chance for sprinters to basically have some, yeah, have some fun. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I mean, okay, so are we done yet? Like, does that get us to, like... like yeah, how, we have yeah? worlds. We have a couple of races afterwards. We have the... Oh, no, we don't. We have the Giro Emilia and the Bruno Begali, Corona de Nations. And then on the 21st of October, the Tour of Huangxi. Oh, my God. World Tour. Now, I do not think they're going to have many people at this race. Uh, let's tell you what the score looked like for this week's race. We had it last week. Um, this is the this is the race. It was won by Maria Vittoria Sperotto of B Pink, Amy Cure second, Lucy Garner of Wiggle High Five third. That's two Wiggle High Fives in second and third. Um, it doesn't look like there were many big teams there at all. Yeah, the biggest yeah. team was Wiggle High Five, so they'll be a bit gutted not to win. But they weren't picking up there. But it's basically B Pink, BTC City Ljubljana, um, Lens World Zanatica, Viano, um, yeah, Astana. Yeah. Right. Uh, there was an Oracle Scott team. Uh, Sarah Roy was their best finisher down in 16th, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Aussies on their way home from Europe and a few others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who quite fancy yeah. a nice holiday. Yeah. So I've got this question for you then. Like, bearing in mind that the, the season, as you say, we've got like 40 odd fewer race days on the calendar, right? How is it then that the season feels so cramped? Well, I think we've lost the, the reason it feels so cramped is we've lost stage races over the over the last couple of years. It's been stage races that we've right. you know stage, stage races going, and actually, what's happened this year? If it stays as it is, which is a big if for the UCI because yeah, you know yeah. it's the UCI. If it stays as it is, there are actually some some snarls sorted out. And there's a lot of times when you've got races that that are kind of going up against each other, but it actually feels a lot. It actually feels like some of the problems have been worked out. So, yeah. uh, Makamine Bira, for example, um, Lotto yep. Turingen moving, for example, yeah, yeah. that feels that feels pretty good. And um, you know, the, the, the really snarly weekends, which had uh, Yorkshire and China and Luxembourg all at the same time, has kind of calmed down a little bit. Yeah. I think that putting World Tour races directly against each other is a good thing. Yeah, no, I I agree. And that's my second question for you, actually, is do you think that that is a deliberate move by the UCI to to try and um, help the peloton, you know, feel free to to focus and and specialise? Or is this just a happy accident? I think it's a happy accident because so many races have men's races too. Right. So the Tour of California, for example, the most important thing to the ASO is the men's race by a hundred years. Yeah, yeah? yeah. Now, one of the things that we didn't talk about because it wasn't a, it wasn't on the it wasn't on the UCI calendar this year. The ASO put on that last minute the thing, the random chase event mm. on the second day of the on the second day of the of the course, and yep. it was a absolute disaster so on the one hand 
they're now taking Lacors from one UCI from one World Tour day and one random day, yep. and they're dropping it down to just one day. Yep. I think this is good relative to last year because last year's, I mean, the chase was just so badly organized. I mean, when you hear about, basically they gave riders shiwis, you know, those, I don't know if you know, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, they gave riders yeah. shiwis because there weren't any toilet, any women's toilets. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. it was, it was so badly organized and it made no sense. And the format was, I mean, the format, the thing that I don't understand about it, it was an experimental format to see how it could work. But literally from the first time anyone heard about it, they're basically whoever wins the, the, the race up, the Col d'Isoard is going to win the, 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 the um, yeah. un, un, in the way that they organized it is going to win the, the chase. The it was chase. just, yeah. it was, it was, it had, it was going to be, you know, I the only thing that I was surprised by is I'd said that I thought Anna van der Breger would win the whole thing, but Anna van der Breger didn't ride. Mm, mm. It, 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 and this is the thing: it, it it sounded like a bad idea, it looked like a bad idea, and it turned out to be a bad idea. And so, in the in the moral equivalency universe of do I have to endure the bad idea again, or do I have to have just the one stage? Then yeah i guess it is a good thing but at the same time it it is still a continuation of aso's clear antipathy towards doing anything meaningful to actually grow a women's stage race out yeah. of this event yeah it's 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 ridiculous and this is the thing that's really yeah. stupid about it is i don't like you said i mean the way you put it the idea of there being this moral equivalency of oh well you know you can either have two bad things or one less bad thing yeah it's really frustrating like i I really really can't stand the idea that we have to pick either something that's rubbish or nothing like why yeah well uh, it's it's a choice between something that's utterly shit and being patronized and and that's that's literally the choice so you know it just it's it sucks (laughs) <laughs> yeah it just sucks and i'm so sick to fucking death of the aso just treating it like some kind of bullshit sideshow thing that they have to do as if they've somehow ticked their diversity and equal representation box or some shit i like i don't i don't even understand i mean the thing that's interesting is of course now we have a french president of the uci mm. And so will there be pressure put on the ASO to actually do stuff for women? I mean, French racing is just in the toilet, basically, in, in terms... The only good thing, the only, like, really specifically good thing is Plouet. Yep. And it's so it... bizarre, because when you look at, like, the French mountain bike racing, for example, they can manage to put on World Cups that are equal, you know? Yep. When you look at French track, they can put on French track, and track is, you know, less less well, unequal than anything else. Like, I don't... I don't think and... BMX, the French absolutely are, are, are an amazing yep. BMX nation, and they manage to... And, and so it's like this weird thing about road. It's not even French cycling, it's French road cycling that's complicated. Which, and, again, doesn't even make sense, because, like, you know, they literally have the world's biggest race, and, yeah, sure, it's organised by ASO, but it, it can't be that nobody else in France has, has figured out how to put on a bike race. No, You know, just no. by being around it all the time. Like, bloody hell. 
it's it's really really i mean the only thing i yeah it's just it's just i mean and they you know you also have it's and it's not just the tour de france you know you've got paris tour you've got paris Roubaix, you've got you know mm. you've got a lot of french races that could have a women's race and this is where belgium i think is 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 absolutely kicking france's ass because they have got you know belgium in general there is some sexism in belgium that's you know sure. especially belgian especially belgian cycling but like it's it's not it's you know they're managing to kick ass in terms of right okay i mean the aso runs liege and we've got liege that's good but like yep. that's i think that's more about i still think that that's more about their sponsors kicking ass than wanting to have a women's race because a lot of these races are funded by the um uh, 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 sponsored by bowls bowls rental yeah. Um, yep. especially Amstel Gold, uh, which yep. is not AS, which is not ASO. But I'm I'm pretty sure that that Bowles Rental, uh, you know, will have that conversation that goes, "Do you want our sponsorship? Where's our women's race for our, for Bowles for Bowles Rentals ladies to, to win?" Yeah, yeah. We also have a team, so maybe you should put an event on that our team can be at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there is uh, yeah. a little bit of a worry that Bowles is the equivalent of Jayco. Yeah, Jerry Bryan here. Yeah, yeah. Look, and and it is. It's a devil's bargain there, and you know, God forbid the sport actually become dependent on it. But in the meantime, I'll take whatever help we can get because so far nobody else has either tried to or been successful at getting through to the ASO. And yeah, and like like does. Is it that is it that I know French is like a romance language and a naturally beautiful language and it sounds really good. Like, is it just that when you swear in French, it's not offensive because it sounds too pretty? Like, do they need me to go to Paris and swear <laughs> at them? Because I'll do it. I'm willing to do that. I'm pretty sure I'm the willing... ASO are used to being sworn at by Australians, Dan. But um, okay, yeah, are you sure, really, Cadel Evans. What he can't swear to save his life. Look at him; he's so little. <laughs> are you saying you need to be a big strong man to swear well no i'm just saying he can't look at it. he's too polite he's just yeah he was he was yeah he's just he's, he's too polite anyway you're right you make a good point like studio grady and robin McKeown probably did teach him a few new words yes so anyway so we're so that's that's what next year looks like i'm next next time we podcast i am going to talk about more things that i haven't yet gone through my spreadsheets because to be honest i get depressed um (laughs) more bad news should we do bad news first we've just heard that lens world kuota has been summarily cancelled because lens world the company has been taken over by a new company and they've looked at and gone huh no we don't want you um, we don't, they're not they're not sponsoring a team anymore mm. which is you know depressing 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 um the team that has announced their signings this year is uh silence pro cycling they've si- they've signed lauren stevens who's an awesome rider they've also signed um uh who is their big name they signed Georgia Bronzini. yeah which is a little bit of a, a big deal. I mean, particularly because we spent a lot of this season joking about whether or not this would be the fourth year in a row that Georgia retired. So Yeah, Georgia hasn't retired again. This is Georgia's mm. final year of cycling again. Um, yep. Lucy Kennedy has the uh, Australian Wunderkind, a uh, great Australian young up-and-coming rider of the season, has been signed by Orica Scott. Uh, yep. Skyler, Sh- Skyler Schneider, the young American, has signed for Bowles Dolmans. Um, yeah, uh, we've had uh, we've had other other teams. Uh, drop cycling t- drops have have lost 
Susie Zorzi, who's gone to the Experza Foot, Foot Logics Ladies Cycling Team, um, who've also got Sarah Mustanen. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm, I just don't even know what that team is about. So yeah, so that that that's interesting. Um, yep. What other are there any more? Um, Droit Sisters with the with the Sport Vlander and Ethics having their Sport Vlander and money taken away. Demi Droits and Kelly Droits have gone to Lara's Wild Eels. I don't yep. know how they'll come. Obviously, the Droit sisters, they get much more media attention for the fact that they're four sisters racing in the same team than they do for their actual abilities. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a way of putting it, isn't it? It's uh, definitely a way of putting it, yes. Yes. Uh, Mika Kroger is leaving Canyon Shram and going to Team Vertu. Yep. Uh, Leia Lynn Sutton Teutenberg. The young first, she's first year elite. She's the niece of of Ina Yoko Twinberg. Has gone to Team WNT. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Um, uh. Rachel, Rachel Nalen has gone to Movistar. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, Miyuko Hagiwara left Wiggle High Five and has gone to Ali Cipollini. Yeah, I can see that makes sense to me. Kirsten Veld is leaving Wiggle High Five and going. Uh, sorry, is is leaving Silence and going to Wiggle High Five. Now that's the other big one. That's like whoa. Yeah. I I guess that helps ease the the loss of Georgia for Wiggle High Five. Yeah. 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 That's a big sprint name. Yes. yes a big is. sprint name. Um. I think that's the big. I think that's the big transfer news for this week. I think that is that is the major stuff. Yep. Cool. Um, cool. You had some news, didn't you? There's just a couple of things I wanted to mention quickly. Um, longtime friend of ours and and person that we generally like and think highly of, former pro cyclist Dr. Bridie O'Donnell has taken on a new role as the first ever head of the brand new office of women in sport and recreation in Victoria. Um, so good luck to her. She's um, basically been charged with a, an official state government position there to help encourage um, and find ways to improve participation and, and experiences for women in sport at all levels. So not just recreational sport, but all the way through to elite sport. Um, it's a huge remit and it's going to um, impact on a lot of things. But um, yeah. It's, it's an exciting opportunity, and good luck to Bridie on that one. Um, also speaking of Bridie, uh, she announced on Facebook the other week that in her spare time this winter, because she wasn't writing as much, snicker, snicker, um, she's written a book. So she's just inked a deal to have that published, and it will be out, um, I believe, early, mid-next year-ish. So look forward to reading all the goss on that. I, I love you know, Bridie's blogs. Yeah, I was going to say, she's she's famously shy and retiring and very, very <laughs> averse very averse to giving her opinion. So, Jesus Christ, so, I can't wait. I mean, God, this is going to be gossip and a half, isn't it? Yeah, like, like, can you imagine her tell-all now that she's outside the statute of limitations <sighs> and got whatever? Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, if I was cycling Australia... Oh, I w- you'd be shitting yourself. You'd just be shitting yourself. God, like, Bridie. And and, and yeah. I'm God if I was the Italian cycling, I mean, because Bridie gives no shits, right? But also the chance yeah. of a small Italian team managing to sue her in Australia is is, is pretty limited, right? Um, yep. Yeah, Bridie is going to have some stories to tell. Yes, yes. And we happen to have, like, 
pretty reasonable libel laws. So, you know, basically, you got to prove that it's false. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's going to be great. Or if I was Australian, I'd be saying far out. <laughs> yeah, well... That's Australian you'd only be swearing. That's how you swear you'd only, in company. You'd only be saying that if your mum was in the room. Far so, out. You know. Or if you're on TV. Yeah. Nah, even then, we'd pretty much just swear. Uh, you'd pretty much like, just swear, darling. No, like, we we had a judge rule a couple of weeks ago that you could call a parliamentarian the C-word because it's protected political speech and not <laughs> offensive. Literally said it's colloquial here in common use, really? not offensive. See, I don't agree yep. with that. Anyway, let's, let's, let's have that argument. Yeah, <laughs> it's not um, the political podcast. <laughs> anything else? Anything else from you? No, no, that's um, that's it. I mean, it's been a big um, episode talking through calendar stuff, and it's exciting. There's a lot to to digest there. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I will um, put up some uh, some some colourful color coded spreadsheets on our site prowomenscycling.com. I'm going to do that this week. I haven't cool. done it yet, so do go and check that out because that. And I'll also write some of the things that I, you know, some of my thoughts on the calendar as well. So if you're like, oh god, there was so much, Sarah, I can't cope, then that's where to go. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, and um, we'll be back in a little while. I'm actually travelling for work next week, so it'll be a little while. So we'll be back to talk more. Right. Um, yeah, and watch stuff. out because we will do our roundup of our best moments of the season it might be next time it might be the time afterwards but we will have our favorite season moments i will give dan homework and we'll... <laughs> we'll 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 have a list and we might we might even make it through in less than four hours who knows as always not generally what happens is we give up and like record it twice do do half and half because we can't cope but we generally don't tell each other in advance what they're going to be and then have arguments no that's not true have have robust discussions about was that the best moment well, ever yes yes it was no but what about this it's... best moment ever <laughs> exactly best it's... moment ever it's a mix of a, a mix of robust discussions and basically total fanboying. It's yeah. like, oh my god, that was so good! Oh, it was amazing! <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe how great yeah. it was! Yeah, that's what you're going to have soon. So come back soon, my darlings, and we'll tell you all about that very soon. <laughs>